and welcome to another episode of the Scramble Podcast brought to you by Farmer's Hen House Eggs. Eggs that not only taste good, but do good for the hen, for the farmer, for the environment, and also for you. And today we are joined by who is known as a local legend, Mr. Ed Hirschberger, the president at English River Pellets. But I'm anticipating that uh, he does a lot more than just uh, oversee his business uh, as he has been considered uh, by our owner and president, uh, Ryan Miller, uh, one of the most knowledgeable people uh, in the industry on poultry. So, Ed, thank you for joining us today. Sure. And Ed... Are you where? Where are you at right now? Because we're obviously on a on a phone call. Are you Are you down in the Kelowna area? Yes, I'm in Kelowna at my office. I have an office right here in in Kelowna downtown. Okay, and I assume that's where you're born and raised. I was born actually in Oklahoma. Oh, but uh, I've lived most of my life here in in the Kelowna area. Okay, now what brought your family from Oklahoma to Iowa? My mother was from Oklahoma, so they lived out there for a few years, but uh, my dad was from this area and uh, didn't take him long to come back to this area. Okay. And uh, apart from uh, being an expert or Ryan's uh, designated expert in poultry, you also are related to Ryan, correct? Yes. Uh, I'm an uncle to Ryan. Okay. Do dad's side or mom's side? Okay, so Irma. Yes. And you uh, came obviously as a as a, a child from Oklahoma to Iowa, and was your family farmers growing up? Yeah. Yes. Yes. What 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 did they farm? Oh, typically, uh, my dad had uh, 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 row crops. Uh, uh, corn, beans, hay, oats, and we had a little bit of everything. We had uh, milked a few cows. He always had some hogs, uh, fed a few calves, uh, and uh, had a few chickens. Okay. Just kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so growing up, were you destined to be a farmer? I kind of wanted to farm, but I came from a large family, and I was the oldest, and it quite obvious to me that uh, uh, that that wasn't going to be what I wanted to do because there just wasn't enough funds there to help uh, each of the kids and um, uh, so uh, I I, but I did want to be kind of a part of agriculture because that's kind of what I knew yeah and so uh, uh, yeah that's uh, I've always been in agriculture related Okay. So after leaving your, your parents' farm, where did you go? Uh, spent a couple of years in Ohio uh, uh, doing some voluntary service after we got married and uh, then came back here and I worked in a small uh, feed mill at Sharon Center for a couple, two, three years and then uh, came down to English River Pellets here in Cologne in about Okay, and you've been there ever since, right? Yep. 
And so, how many years is that? I, I, I'm not much of a math uh, whiz. Uh, what is that? Uh, 66, uh, 34, 20 is uh, 54 years. Wow. So, can I ask how old you were when you came to English River Pellets? Well, I would have been 66, so I'd have been 26. Okay. And so, it was it was too good to leave or what? You just were having too much fun? You stuck around? Yeah, that's great. It's an inspiration. Um, so what is English River Pellets? English River Pellets was a, a feed a feed mill and a grain elevator. And then in, um, uh, and we had, uh, we worked with, uh, of course, uh, uh, anything with a mouth and a tail and eight, eight feed where we worked with here in Kelowna. Yeah. Okay. So in your consulting, when you come to a farm, what, what are they asking uh, f- from you or what, what do they want you to help them with? So what are some, in your experience, what are some of the common reasons for either a high mortality rate or, um, you know, a low egg laying production? Are, are there very common reasons for that? Or have you experienced 
more uncommon ones as well. Yeah, probably E. coli is probably the biggest uh, uh, issue that we see more is more prevalent than about anything else. But we we see other things too. Anything from fatty liver to cholera to um, sometimes you don't know what it is. Yeah, but it may be nutritional. It may be mycotoxins. It may be uh, just simply a lot of times are just little management things that they forget or um, uh, that they're not paying close enough attention. Typically, they're not real hard issues to handle. Okay. Are, are you typically able to determine what the issue is just from your observation or, or do you have to you know, send samples into labs and, and get some well, outside yes, expertise. Uh, some of both. Uh, uh, usually I can, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, I can pick up on it. Now, when it gets to being diseases, or let's say there's some bronchitis, Newcastle, or or uh, a lot of other things. But you you hold on, what, what, I got to interrupt you there. You said, you said bug-itis, Newcastle. What's that? Bronchitis. Oh, bronchitis. Okay. Bronchitis. Gotcha. Yeah, bronchitis, Newcastle. What's new, uh, What's Newcastle? Is it is a new, blood test. Is a new, a new, Newcastle? Is that a like a disorder or a uh, an, a bacteria or something? Well, mostly respiratory. And, and okay, and it's called Newcastle. Bronchitis, Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so. Uh, even though I uh, obviously work in a hen house, I have to say that, and like I kind of started our conversation off with, I am learning a lot every day. So, um, so when I hear words like Newcastle, I guess I know what bronchitis is, but Newcastle, I hadn't heard that. So, so these issues that uh, you know farmers are facing with their birds are, are for the region or even national. Like, would you also travel nationally to consult? with farms or is it just local? No, just local. I, I don't get very far from home. Oh, I might, uh, there's some accounts down in, in Missouri and, and uh, Southern Iowa, um, into North Central or Northeast Iowa. I, I get away, that's about as far, but 75, 80% of it is right here within 10 miles of Kelowna. Yeah. Yeah, and there's probably plenty of work within 10 miles of Kelowna, I, I would assume. Is that correct? Yeah, there, yes. And I have a, a gentleman that works with me. He's younger. We've trained him, and and, and, and gradually he's kind of taking over a, a lot of the service work and a lot of the type of work that I've been doing. Now, he'll travel a little further. He, get, he gets out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, most of the service work on these my job is more uh, I deal with the hatcheries uh, uh, setting up the schedules for chicks uh, and uh, trying to set up schedules with the producers to to keep them full and and then make sure we get the the birds moved and uh, start another group doing a lot of logistics uh, uh, so I spend way more time on that yeah. Um, so, so, cause I believe it was Eldon Miller. So, uh, the founder of farmer's hen house and also the, uh, farmer's creamery, uh, 
Um, he had shared with me that there are more certified organic farms in a six mile radius in the Kelowna area than there, than there are anywhere else in the world. Has that been your experience? Could be, uh, I, uh, I know that we have a, a large number and these are small, um, family farms, and, yep. you know, and there's, there's a lot of uh, right in, yeah, within 10 miles of Kelowna, they're just, uh, yeah, he's probably right. Six miles. There's probably the density is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So now does your work, uh, dictated by, uh, being or like the process of becoming certified organic or maintaining that status or is it just simply uh logistics around um you know getting the birds in getting the birds out well all that goes into that as well as um making sure that uh you know when there's an issue that comes up with the birds that it's remedied quickly are are you are you having to also deal with certifications and things like that I do to a certain extent uh, because uh, uh, I, I do uh, assist a lot of the people in their vaccinations. And so, uh, plus English River Pellets is also a certi- certified organic, which I have to be because I have a lot of or- growers who grow organic uh, pullets. And uh, I own the birds and uh, then sell them to these people. And so, the, the state requires that I English River Pellets is also certified. Okay. Right, we just had our uh, 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 inspection yesterday, and um, no, day before yesterday. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, so they come in to check our records, and uh, I assist the producers because oh, when it goes to like labels, maybe, uh, uh, and uh, helping them with some things, but. Not, not real deep, but I assist. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that, uh, I mean, you had to have a steep learning curve for? I mean, I'd assume back in 66 when you started, you know, the idea of certified organics was a dream, right? Yes, that's right. It's only... I, I don't know exactly when Elton got things started, uh, maybe the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, it was. It took. It took time. It took. Uh, uh, Farmers Henhouse has come a long ways in, in their the way they put to get things together, the, their programs and and the training that they the amount of time that they spend in teaching and training these people how to do things and what's needed, what the customer demands and what the certifiers want, uh, so that they truly can differentiate themselves. Uh, from just an ordinary uh, uh, chicken or egg or or uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, has that? I mean, was that a, a difficult transition for you as well in your business? The just the whole, um, uh, you know, beginning of organics and the certification process. Yeah, it was a it was a learning curve. But uh, uh, it, we looked at it as an opportunity because not many people wanted to get involved. Yeah. What... So we looked at this as an opportunity and uh, 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 and still do. Yeah. Um, what, what, so, what, what year did you guys become certified organic? Pardon? I didn't catch that. I said, what year did you guys become certified organic? 
I think only about uh, probably two, three years. Okay, so for, uh, kind of recently then. Before that, uh, we had, um, you know, we made a lot of uh, organic feeds and so on, but we were never required to be certified or, well, we did when we made the feed. But then as a, a pullet grower, or not pullet grower, but as a owner of these contract houses, only the growers needed to be certified. But just recently, in the last two, three years, anybody that has it touches these birds needs to be certified. Okay. We even have a guy that uh, is in transportation and moves these birds, and he also had to get certified. Yeah. Wow. So, so they're really uh, crossing their T's and dotting all their I's. Yes. Yeah. So, in your uh, experience. I mean, since you started, uh, how would you say and the, the industry, particularly with regards to egg production, has changed? And if, and if you could kind of maybe take us through a timeline of, of what that's looked like in its evolution. I, I'm not sure what you're after. I, I, I do know that as far as the production on the growers, not on the farms, they're doing a much better job today than than they did when you know things started. Yeah, things are uh, you know housekeeping, uh, animal husbandry, and uh, getting things done on time and uh, paying attention to details. It is much elevated from when it started. Yeah, and and ha- have you seen? Uh that paying dividends into the quality of the products as well that are being produced? Yes, yes. And in, in the quality of the products and also the performance of the birds. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, in, in the industry, there's a lot of language around, you know, happy hens and, um, and humane treatment uh, and how these things make, you know, for better eggs perhaps now can you quantify that or how do you qualify that i guess I, you know it, it's probably subjective but i mean do you do you see a connection between uh the treatment of a hen and its production level but also to the quality of the egg itself i don't know uh, that i can't speak to that side of it because i'm not in the processing and and, and that type of uh, side which uh, Ryan would be able to him and his organization. I just know that uh, poultry and livestock respond respond to a healthy environment, uh, regardless of what it is. Yeah. And uh, uh, whether it's uh, the healthy environment, uh, the caretakers uh, uh, always having feed before them, always having good clean water. I mean, all livestock and poultry respond to that. Yeah, yeah. So, in responding, they respond positively, I assume, right? With production and quality. Yeah, yeah. And because, you know, I think um, for, I don't know, some perhaps, they don't necessarily... Uh, maybe either believe that organics or let's say, you know, in our industry, having hens that have access to the outdoors that are free range or pasture raised, 
um, you know, really matters or makes a difference. Um, you know, it might be a nice sentiment and a, and a, and a, a nice thing to do just in animal welfare. Um, but it doesn't necessarily make a difference with the pro the product itself. Um, is that something that like versus let's say, you know, a you know, million plus bird caged operation is, is, would you, I mean, I don't know if you had any insight to that, but would you say there's a difference there? I think so, because we were involved, uh, 25 years ago, we were involved with cage houses and cages and, and, uh, we, uh, we got along real well. Uh, but we didn't have big houses. We didn't have birds crowded in the cages. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, there were some pluses as far as, you know, we had more environmentally controlled, uh, houses, but I think naturally, uh, chickens just, uh, uh, they're, they're naturally the type of bird that likes to move around and yeah. have access to, um, moving at their own pace. And if they want to go 10 feet or 20 feet, uh, uh, uh they can, I mean, that's just natural for birds. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's one of the things that organic or uh, humane uh, societies, some of those uh, have encouraged and, uh, and it, uh, it, it, it's natural things that those birds are doing. Yeah. 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 Um, now, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but we, I assume you were uh, impacted by the, the bird flu. What was that? Yes. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. What year was that? 2015, maybe? 2014? Somewhere in there, I can't remember. It's one of those things you want to forget. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you what, what that was like for you. Well, I think one of the things that it taught us is how much more, and, and uh, we could preach all day long about biosecurity, but uh, it didn't take much for people to see and understand why we have to have biosecurity. So I think that was one of the good things that came out of that yeah. is because people realized that, hey, this this is something we've got to practice and work with. It's serious. Yeah. And so were you kind of, I mean, were you involved in assisting or consulting for operations and farms to, to just increase their biosecurity? Yes and no. Uh, we assisted, uh, you know, whether it was farmers hen house or were some other people. Uh, we, uh, we 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 kind of acted as as a support uh, supporting uh, the veterinarians. Iowa State. Uh, we had the vet from Iowa State come down and have several meetings here in our area, um, and uh, some industry people. And so we were there more as support people for those. We even helped set up some of those meetings. Okay. But, uh, you know, I didn't myself put, put on the meetings, but uh, we assisted them, we supported them, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you guys definitely played a part. Um, now, uh, as you, you know, consider how far uh, poultry and particularly egg production has come, uh, do you have any predictions for what the future holds? for the industry? 
really, uh, except that I think that, uh, uh, I think that, that, uh, I think they, that the, the people purchasing the eggs are interested in just, uh, knowing how chickens handled, how, what kind of a job is a producer doing? They want to know where their food is coming from. They want to be able to track it. And, uh, I think it's, uh, that's just all right. I mean, we want to have from the production side of it, we want to be transparent. Yeah. We want them to know what we know. We want them to work. Uh, I mean, our growers are proud of their operation and the jobs they do. Yeah. They want people to, to understand that and know that we're not hiding anything. Right. And we don't, uh, we don't uh, do enough of that. Uh, and, with the way the operations are going today, I think that's happening more and more, and I think that's good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that transparency, and I think it 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 like you said, it it's something too that the producers also are proud of and want to showcase. Right? They this is yeah. not just yeah. a, a part of their livelihood, but it's also a part of their legacy because uh, oftentimes, especially yeah. in our area, uh, with so many of our uh, farms being Amish. You know, these are farms and uh, practices that are passed down from generation to generation. And so these are things that people take pride in and want to aren't, want to showcase. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, now, being related to Ryan, uh, I assume you have some incriminating stories. Uh, but obviously we can't get too incriminating on the podcast. But do, 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 do you have any mem- mem- memories of Ryan? think uh i mean too when you have a a company that is so uh involved in uh the community not just with regards to uh you know they're very philanthropic but also too with regards to just how each of the producers that uh you know sell to farmers hen house are connected then to to you know grain growers and feed mills and it's just such a interwoven tapestry of people being connected but also too uh, you know, being able to to generate a livelihood and an income uh, as they, yeah. uh, you know, work and support one another. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's you know, amazing, you know, even too, Ryan says it every, just about every time we get together, just how he could never expected, uh, you know, Farmer's Hen House to, to start where it started and to be what it is today, um, yeah. which is an exciting thing. So, so Ed, you said you, you're, uh, you know, 80, working full-time. Do you have any plans to retire at all? No, as long as I can, as long as I can help people, I'll keep going. Uh, I, uh, once they, once I, uh, uh, don't help them and I'm not doing any good for them, I think they'll let me know. (laughs) (laughs) They won't be bashful. (laughs) They're not not bashful. 
Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So well, I don't. I don't have. Uh, as long as I feel good, my health is good, and and uh, as long as I enjoy helping people, and um, I'll just kind of keep it pecking away at it. Yeah. Yeah. I slow down a little bit. I don't work uh, uh, 60, 70 hours a week anymore like I used to. But uh, um, yeah, as long as I can help people and and assist them and. Uh, and some of it's just encouragement. Yeah. You know, sometimes they need somebody to talk to. Just be encouraged. Yeah. I whatever agree. it may be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now, Ed, do you, do you uh, have any animals at all? Do you have a, a farm, a hobby farm? Uh, used to. Uh, we lived out north of town and had a small acreage, and I always had some livestock uh, of one kind or another, and then. Uh, up until um, uh, I, I had uh, uh, several locations that we raised turkeys, and as of uh, October, I sold my last turkeys, and I even uh, removed a couple of the buildings and had a closing out sale, so I'm not tempted to go back and raise turkeys anymore. Okay. Um, right. you uh, say t- primarily, it wasn't that I didn't like it or anything. I had older buildings, had older facilities, and it was going to be time to build some new buildings or do some extensive remodeling. And uh, I just didn't feel like I wanted to make that investment. And I just decided, you know, here's maybe a good time to phase out. I had some people that were interested in my delivery rights and some of my equipment. And and so I just, uh, this was a good time for me to exit that side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are turkeys and chickens pretty similar in working with, or are they quite different? There's, a, there's similarities, but it's, it's also quite different. Turkeys were in meat production. Uh, that isn't that your boilers aren't meat production, but uh, uh, the egg, eggs producing eggs and, and the chickens are somewhat different. Yeah. Um, but they're related. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so turkey eggs... Have you ever had any turkey eggs? I probably have, but I don't know that. Uh, I know they're richer and, and have a different distinct taste. Um, I never cared what little I would have had. I didn't really care for it. Yeah. I never was involved very much in breeder flocks on turkeys. Uh, a little bit early in my career, we, we did feed several breeder flocks, but I never was really very involved involved with that side of it yeah yeah well it sounds like you have a uh, a wealth of experience and from that a, a wealth of knowledge so i really appreciate you taking the time to just to share a little bit of your story and your insights into the industry um i was hoping for an, uh, a, a more incriminating story about ryan but maybe that'll have to say that for the next podcast because you said that he'll have to listen to this podcast so that'll be, that'll oh, be... My goodness, yeah. <laughs> that might 
be part of it we have to cut out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you got to leave that in there. I think it, uh, if, he ever, if he ever gets around to listening to it, if he has time, he'll appreciate that. So, But, hey, Ed, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, and I uh, appreciate all of you listening to this episode of the Scramble Podcast brought to you by Farmer's Hen House Eggs that not only taste good but do good for the hen, for the farmer, for the environment, and for the community. And this today has been a episode with – Again, the local legend, Ed Hirschberger. Ed, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, Ed. We'll talk to you later. Take care. All right, thanks. All right, bye. I call this old amazing, amazing life where all-